matter? I've a terrible feeling. About what? That we didn't do something. We took care of everything. Did you lock up? Yeah. Did you close the garage? I forgot to close the garage, that's it. No, that's not it. What else could we be forgetting? Kevin! You're listening to The Jazz Joe Hall Show on 980 CKNW. Hey, welcome back to the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Christmas is traditionally all about tradition. Decorate the tree, spend time with the family, and watch the same movies year after year, like Die Hard or Home Alone, like we just heard, and Elf. So this year, we say let's buck tradition. Surely there must be some new movies to watch this year. We asked Rick Fortchuk to give us a rundown of the movies you can catch at the box, office, stream, or watch on broadcast television for Christmas 2022. Rick Forchuk, as, as you all know, is a movie blogger, and you can find his uh, work at rickspicks.ca. Rick, thank you for joining us today. Always a pleasure, Jazz. Well, you know, when people think uh, uh, Christmas, obviously, you got the classics like um, uh, Home Alone, uh, Die Hard, Elf, The Grinch. There's lots, obviously, to watch from the past, but uh, I, uh, I know you've got some great suggestions for what we can expect. And so let's um, maybe break this up into. Uh, movies first, and then we'll we'll talk about streaming and, and broadcast TV after that. Um, first of all, before we begin, I mean, are you an avid movie watcher during Christmas time? I am. I'm an avid, avid movie watcher all <laughs> the time. Uh, but the Christmas season uh, typically uh, is interesting for two reasons at the movie business. Number one is because people have more time. Uh, there are some blockbuster movies that are released. And number two, and uh, equally important, I think, is the fact that um, with, with the, the time that exists, uh, there's all these Oscar stuff. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, there'll be Oscar movies, what they call in the business Oscar bait, uh, that will be released with little fanfare. So the closer we get to Christmas Day and actually uh, the end of the, the year, the more likely you are to look at your listings at the theaters that you go to and say, hey, there's a movie I've never heard of. Well, it's, that's because it's a movie that needs to play in a certain number of uh, screens in order to be considered for an Oscar the following year. So we'll see two of those things. We'll see uh, both Oscar consideration and we see the big movies. But uh, I'd like to concentrate for purposes of this discussion on the, the big movies opening up between now and Christmas. And there are some real big blockbusters, Jess. Yeah, I guess we, let's start with probably the biggest, the Avatar. That's coming out uh, in just over two weeks. Yeah, December 16th, it gets released, Avatar, The Way of Water, and it's long anticipated. Uh, the original was in 2009. Uh, producer, director, writer James Cameron thought it might take him three more years to have a sequel. Well, it's uh, three more years and then three more years and then three more years. Uh, he is doing a series of these, five movies altogether. The budget for the movies, all told, is over a billion dollars. So they will have to bring in just a pile of money at the box office to make all of that back. This Avatar film picks up where the last one left off. This is a sequel. So we are on the moon of uh, the uh, planet, um, the, the planet that circulates in the, in the um, oh, Alpha Centauri system. That's what it is. Pandora is the name of the moon. It circulates in the Alpha Centauri system. And this film has a lot more to do with indigenous people and the way they're treated than the first one did. And the first one had that theme as well. So this one, the expectation is it will be spectacular. Now, I've seen only previews, the same as everybody else, and uh, I've done a lot of reading about it. But James Cameron is a genius, and uh, Avatar, I would say, will be the biggest of the big movies 
not only for the Christmas season, it'll fall over into January. It's going to be in theaters for weeks and weeks and weeks bringing people in because I think, Jazz, the word of mouth on this is going to be just great. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a big movie, Jazz. And uh, you have another one uh, you had sent to me, uh, Puss in Boots. Yeah. Uh, This is uh, December 21st. It's released, and this is a great family film. Kids will love this, but you know what? Adults love the Puss in Boots franchise as well. This one's subtitled The Last Wish. It's the third film in the series. It started in 09 with Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek. It is great family fun. And what's uh, the, the story here this time is that we have Puss learning that he has used up eight of his nine lives. Now he has to be very, very careful as he figures out some way to get his lives replenished. And there is a way, there's a process to do that, but he needs a lot of help. So this is a road picture. It's a story of Puss and Boots. Uh, looking for that last wish, looking to get his lives reinstated so he can go on to make more movies. Um, kids will love it. Great family film. That's Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, December 21st. Okay. Uh, and one of the other ones you had mentioned uh, to me was uh, a movie coming out looking at the life of um, uh, Whitney Houston. Yeah, it's called I Want to Dance with Somebody. And this is a very ambitious biopic. Uh, this one uh, has Naomi Ackle. I'd never heard of her before. But seeing her in the trailer is just amazing. She takes on the challenge uh, of being Whitney Houston. Uh, Houston, of course, passed away in 2012 amidst a lot of controversy and many of the things that have happened since that time that, that have been written, interviews that have been done, uh, paint a more sympathetic picture toward, uh, of her. You know, she had drug problems. She had all kinds of uh, anxiety and stress and depression problems. And we lost her far, far too soon. But this picture has all of the hallmarks of being a really outstanding biopic. So looking forward to that. That's December 23rd. I want to dance with somebody. The story of Whitney Houston Jazz. Uh, Now, this next one, which you had mentioned to me, I I don't think has a Christmas theme, uh, but certainly is opening on Christmas Day, uh, a movie from Tom Hanks. I believe it's called A Man Called Otto. What is that about? Yeah, this is an interesting one. This is a remake of a Swedish film, which in 2016 became the top money earner for any foreign film at the U.S. box office. So it's been remade in English. Tom Hanks is the title character. Uh, He's just a grumpy old man. Uh, He's in his 60s. He's recently lost the love of his wife, uh, his wife, and he also lost his job of 40 years. So here he is in the neighborhood um, just being grouchy. Uh, You know, he uh, kicks at the cats. He swears at the dogs. He uh, hates it when the kids walk around on his lawn. And what changes everything is when a family moves in next door, they're different. And uh, somehow, some way, they find their way into Otto's life, and Otto finds his way into theirs. So this is one of those really heartwarming stories, which has a hard edge to it. And it's hard to imagine Tom Hanks getting involved with anything that isn't first class. He's a great actor. He's a great director. Uh, He's one of the producers of this picture. His company, Playtone Records, co-produced it. So that's A Man Called Auto. Watch for that on Christmas Day. It'll be a big opening on Christmas Day, Jazz. If you're uh, just joining us, we're speaking to Rick Forchuk, who's uh, giving us a rundown on what you can watch when it comes to Christmas movies this holiday season, beyond, of course, the Die Hards, Elf, and Home Alone. Those are all classics, uh, as we know. Now, Rick, uh, one of the things that, have, that has changed in regards to our viewing over the many years, of course, has been what's available on the streaming uh, services or many more streaming services as well. Do you see anything um, this year that uh, we should keep an eye on in regards to uh, movies uh, during the holiday season? 
Yeah, and for a variety of reasons, Jazz. I'll start with the Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Hmm. Now, we saw a version of Pinocchio about two months ago on uh, streaming services. Uh, this is yet another one, but, but, there's a big but here. It's an animated version, but it is way darker than the Disney film. So this is a bit of a um, warning for parents, or a heads up at least, uh, that this version of Pinocchio takes place uh, in Italy in the 1930s during the rise of fascism, Benito Mussolini. The opening scenes in this movie have Geppetto's young son in a church, and the church is hit by a bomb, and the boy is killed. Now, that's a great start for a Pinocchio movie, and it just gets darker and more horror-ridden as we go. So as long as you understand that this is a very dark depiction with horror overtones, that's fine. It'll scare younger kids, and I don't recommend it for them. Uh, it is a very interesting experience, though. It's done in stop-motion animation, and it's a really different way to look at the Pinocchio legend. So that one's on December 9th coming on Netflix. Over on Amazon Prime on the 16th, a great family film. This one is called Snow Day, and it's a musical version of the family, and a more family-friendly version, rather, than uh, the 2000 movie that spawned it. That one starred Will Ferrell, and it had uh, some edgy stuff in it. Uh, but this one, Snow Day, is just great fun, and it's exactly what it says it is. It's a snow day, the kids are around the school, and they're enjoying it so much they're trying to figure out exactly how to make two snow days in a row. And that involves the snowplow driver and a plot I won't reveal for you here. And one other one to watch for on Netflix is Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. This opened in theaters here in Vancouver just this last weekend. Uh, it's already going to be on Netflix in just a couple of weeks. Daniel Craig returning in this murder mystery, which opened in three theaters. And uh, that was uh, the, the original Knives Out was just a great whodunit. This one is equally good. It's been very well reviewed. But uh, you don't have to wait very long to see this one in, uh, on uh, streaming jazz because uh, still in theaters and it'll still be in theaters when it comes to Netflix. So that's uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, Jazz. Is that sort of the, the new model where Netflix streaming services will put out a movie for two or three weeks or four weeks, recoup some of their costs, and then move it to their streaming service? Is that a model that uh, is going to be coming the norm eventually? Well, it's actually not. Hmm. It, it, uh, there are all kinds of treaties between the various purveyors of media as to when you go from theaters to streaming. And the theater owners, of course, want to have those movies in theaters longer. The streaming services want them sooner. Uh, what's different about Glass Onion is that it is a Netflix film to start with. So Netflix bought it, produced it, they own it, they can do what they choose. So they have chosen to put it in the theaters uh, and then move it very quickly to streaming services. And I'm not sure what their motivation is to do that, but to say that this is a new model, this is how it's going to go, I don't think so. There's a lot of fighting yet to be done over that, Jazz, to figure out exactly who's going to win this battle. Well, it, 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 it's interesting because uh, this has been an ongoing uh, conversation about how long it, they should keep some of these movies uh, uh, at the boxes, uh, box office uh, or just run them on streaming because if, if they just go straight to streaming, of course, that kills the entire movie industry. That's an, it is an ongoing battle, that's for sure. But let's talk about um, uh, something that we all know very well, which is traditional broadcast television. A lot of uh, shows I'm already seeing on the, on the Hallmark Network, Lifetime, those types of shows. But there's lots of shows that are obviously going to be on during the holiday season. Which ones would you recommend? Well, these are the traditional ones. And there's a heads up on this one. A Charlie Brown Christmas is probably my favorite Christmas production of all time. Uh, it just came out in 1965. It was expected by CBS that owned it at the time to be just a piece of throwaway junk. 
and it became a huge ratings hit. You won't see a Charlie Brown Christmas nearly as easily as you did in years past. Prior to this uh, past year, uh, it would be on seven, eight, nine, ten times between now and Christmas on all sorts of channels. Well, over the years, um, this has uh, been the way, but now not so much because Disney has bought the entire Peanuts uh, uh, franchise. And Disney has said, if you want to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas, you will watch it on Disney Plus streaming. And if you don't have a subscription to Disney Plus, you will, with one exception, not see this at all. That one exception is they have allowed PBS in the States, public broadcasting, one airing of a Charlie Brown Christmas. Other than that, you have to go to Disney Plus to see it. So, I mean, I have Disney Plus anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. But there'll be families that will say, hey, where's Charlie Brown this year? Well, you have to look harder than before, Jazz. Yeah, no kidding. Well, what other ones would you recommend here? I know there's a lot of classics out there. Which ones do you like? Yeah, I love The Wonderful Life. It's the Jimmy Stewart classic. It's from 1948. It was a box office disaster when it came out for a number of reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. One is that uh, this was that post-war time when there was a communist behind every tree. And it was determined by uh, those critics in Congress in the U.S. that this movie, because it was about people working together to save a savings and a loan, uh, all hands on deck, really being helpful, that smacked of communism, not capitalism. And uh, the movie was uh, really poorly reviewed, and it disappeared. That wasn't until the copyright was mistakenly not renewed in the 1960s that it became a public domain. And when that happened, every station in town, every TV station in town, uh, wanted to have a crack at it. So they took it and they ran it. And that's why it is to this day a perennial hit. Uh, It's still in the public domain. Nobody owns it. So uh, it's a wonderful life. It's a great story. Uh, I didn't ever see any communists in there, uh, but I did like it and I do like it. And it'll be on several times between now and Christmas Day, Jazz. We got about a minute left. Uh, What are your final three recommendations? Okay, well, A Christmas Story, of course, the 1983 classic. uh, That is just a fabulous, fabulous film about Ralphie, who wants a Red Ryder BB gun more than life itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is now streaming on Crave TV, A Christmas Story Christmas. And it's a sequel to that original uh, the original Ralphie, played by Peter Billingsley, is all grown up, and uh, he stars in that one, so it's worth a look. And for me, I, I think maybe, other than A Charlie Brown Christmas, my favorite Christmas movie of all time is Scrooge. That's the 1951 version with Alistair Sim, my favorite. It will appear many times in the weeks before Christmas as well, and I'll watch it many times in the weeks before Christmas. So those are my picks, and uh, you know what? Everybody has uh, favorite Christmas movies, and one of the great things about the abundance about broadcast and streaming television is you could pretty much, with the exception of a Charlie Brown Christmas, get whatever you want very easily, Jazz. Yeah, absolutely. Well, these are great recommendations. Really appreciate your time today, Rick. Thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, Jazz.